Welcome to the Bear Ash Podcast. I'm Chase. And I'm Manny. This here is a podcast where we smoke cigars and review those cigars. And yep. mostly just talk about nothing. And talk about our bear ashes. Yes, right. That is right. What are we smoking? Uh, our bear dude? ash and our cigar, that is. Oh, nope. that, that's a great question, Manny. Um, I am smoking a Undercrown. Sorry, it, it is a uh, Drew Estate Undercrown. Um, but this is a special Drew Estate Undercrown. It's an Undercrown Maduro Shady XX. And I have what a different cigar. What are you smoking cigar. there, Manny? Yeah, mine's different. Oh, it is? I have a different cigar entirely. Um, oh. So I have the Undercrown Sun Grown Gran Toro. Oh, yeah. By Drew Estate. Also, um, you know, I, I I honestly think this whole time we've been talking about what cigar to smoke, I was using the wrong word. I was probably saying Maduro and then looking right at the Sun Grown label and just <laughs> thinking Maduro this whole time. I believe that's what yeah. happened. I, I also believe that must be what happened. I believe you got really <laughs> excited about your Maduro that you had that I that I gifted you. I don't think and, you ever did, man. Uh, no, I definitely did. It was in the lineup that I brought uh, to our hunting trip of cigars right. that we could smoke in our podcast. All right. You know, um, maybe but, maybe my son stole it. As, maybe he smoked as, uh, it. We just, yeah, maybe he did. Maybe he ate it. Maybe Wally ate it. I wouldn't put it past. Actually, I found Wally with a cigar the other day, chewing it in the yard. <laughs> that, that's that's Manny's dog. In case anyone's wondering if he just allows not his my wife to chew on cigars. <laughs> yeah, if your your wife Wally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Actually, uh, Manny, I do have to make a confession to you. Okay. As obviously the listeners don't know this, but we just spent like fifteen minutes. With me pretending to be so disappointed that you actually didn't have the cigar that you thought you had. Um, until 15 minutes ago, we realized that. But I actually also, I'm just realizing, I also smoked the original Undercrown Maduro that I had had for our episode. <laughs> 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 Which is why I'm smoking another one that I had picked up a couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, thanks for the gift, Chase. Hey, yeah, no worries. And I, I mean, so... if my memory serves me... Um, I believe that one that you have there is also a gift from me. No, it is. That's why I was saying thank you. Nice. Well, you know, to anyone who, uh, which would be all of you listening, who have definitely listened to every episode we've ever put out, and we have done an episode on the Undercrown Sun Grown. So, I mean, you're welcome to go back and and check that out after listening to this, just to you know Don't. compare Manny's uh, palette and see if uh, <laughs> if it has uh, expanded since then. I doubt it. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to light this bad boy up, so say something interesting. Well, I lit mine, and so this is delicious so far. Yeah, put that torch right in the mic, right up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, let's see, this is a 6 by 52 cigar, so 6 inches long by 52 ring gauge cigar. And I have some stats on it. Ooh. And I, I went with a pairing. I took a chance because I don't often do this, but we had some really good. Where'd it go? Uh, Josh Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh. So I got a little wine. And then when that's done, I have 
a Corona beer, not the virus, that oh, I had good. purposely put in the window to skunk in the sunlight because mm. I like my Corona just a little skunked. Oh, yeah. So the Undercrown Sun Grown, Grand Turo, has an Ecuadorian Sumatra Sun Grown wrapper, a Connecticut River Valley stock cut, cut and cured Sun Grown Habano binder, and Nicaraguan filler uh, made by Drew Estate in Nicaragua and sells for MSRP $9.02. Mm. So what'd you what'd you pay for this one? Obviously you'll remember those details. Um I bought that in a box. Um and no, uh, that was a couple Christmases ago. So you've got a cigar that is oh. three years old as of this Christmas. Dude. So uh, let me just get it. I was gonna start after I went through my drink menu. This is so smooth. Yeah. Uh it's a big cigar. And I don't remember. I've had a few sungrowns uh, from Undercrown, and I think that's probably my. Well, I like that in the shade. I think the Maduro, and I'd have to try another one. You know, we'll have to get our well, hands on it. Because you clearly don't remember the last one you smoked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has got to be up there with some of my favorite blends. Uh, yeah. So it tastes like it's three years old. This is incredibly smooth, it's delicious. Mm. Goes really well with the wine. I'm actually glad I didn't. I was gonna do like a like a coffee flavored drink, like a white Russian. But yeah, uh, I'm glad I went with the wine. It's delicious. Yeah, thank it's got you, a little sir. like natural sweetness to it. So I think the wine was probably a good choice. Mm. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Well, like I said, I am smoking the Undercrown Maduro Shady XX, which I'll get into a little bit more of the details of what the Shady XX is later. Um, but, uh, but this is a five inch by 50 ring gauge box press, Bellicoso. Um, the wrapper is San Andreas Mexican. The binder is Connecticut stock cut Habano. The filler is Nicaraguan and Brazilian Matafina. And the country of origin is Nicaragua, obviously from the La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate factory. You like that, uh, Bellico that tapered box press? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. So it wasn't you cigar. that was telling me? Someone was telling me they don't like the corners on a box press cigar. Um, I didn't like... We smoked a cigar recently, and I'm trying to remember what cigar that was, that I did not... Was it the Fratello? Yes, it was. It had some sharper edges to it than usual. Um, I do like the Bellicosa style, just having that little, uh, that little torpedo at the end there, because it does kind of get rid of those angles. In your mouth, if you know what I mean. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, it doesn't bother uh, me. I, I like it. I don't okay. mind uh, a nice crisp box press, but uh, just curious. Dude, this, All right. this cigar is delicious. So you just lit it, right? I did, yes. So would you, <laughs> in your first third? No, this is my first ninth. Oh, you're dividing it in ninths? Yeah, which I mean, I, you could technically reduce into thirds after that, but <laughs> uh, I've been watching some uh, Breaking Bad. I'm going to divide mine into sixteenths. Mm, mm. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, it's delicious. I mean, it's definitely a medium to full body. Um, really smooth, really cocoa-y, really creamy. 
Um, now, I don't know. I didn't take the time because prior to like 30 minutes you're ago. lazy. Well, and I also thought that you were smoking the regular Maduro and I was smoking <laughs> the Shady XX. So I thought that we could compare the actual makeup of the, of the cigar. And without like diving into each individual like blend, there was nothing to where, you know, if I just Googled like what's the difference between this cigar and that cigar, it just gave me the information on the cigar. So, uh, but this is the Shady XX is a special edition a collaboration um, between Drew Estate and, hold on, what's his name? Dang it. Oh, it's in a different, I'm pulling it up because I feel like that I need to get this right. You know uh, what I mean? Chip. Oh, here we go. Chip. Um, a gentleman. Chip Foose. Wh- no, no. A gentleman by the name of Paul Rosenberg, um, who is the manager of Shady Records. <laughs> so this is a collaboration with Paul Rosenberg to make a special edition to celebrate 20 years of Shady Records. Um, this I wonder came if his name used 2000- to be Saul. <laughs> you think like Paul, it's biblical Saul? and Saul? Oh, it Saul could be, and he changed it to Paul Rosenberg. after he, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So 1999 was uh, when Shady Records was founded by Eminem and Paul Rosenberg. Um, so Paul Rosenberg thought to celebrate 20 years of Shady Records, he would uh, collaborate with uh, gangster Jonathan Drew, um, and come up with a uh, a little variety of their own. Wow! I actually, you didn't even tell me all that. That's very interesting. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I saved it for the air. With my dumb biblical joke. Yeah, seriously. Come on, man. So, uh, did they write a song for this cigar? Um, there is on Spotify a specific playlist to smoke, but I mean, it's just it's just Eminem songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like it has nothing. It's not like they wrote a new song or it has anything to do with smoking cigars. It was just, I think, like a publicity stunt to, like, you know, relight the fire of Eminem fans. Which I do have to say, I did spend a good portion of my driving time today um, and while cooking dinner with my headphones on because I didn't want the boys to hear the lyrics of Eminem. But just, uh, you know, prepping myself for the smoke and uh, just kind of going back in my good old days of when I used to blare some Eminem out of my uh, 1985 Camaro. The angry, confused, white teenager. (laughs) What's funny is I don't think I was angry or confused. You were definitely confused, and you're still confused. (laughs) All right, all right. We could go with confused, but I wasn't listening to it because I was angry. I just, for some reason, enjoyed it. (laughs) I, uh... I I, I love rap. I I just never got into Eminem, to be honest. I don't know why. Um, It never never caught... Never caught fire? That's my story. For the M&M's, for the Marshall Mathers, the Slim Shady. Yeah. I, uh, well, uh, I watched so, 8 Mile. Oh, yeah. I, I remember walking out of 8 Mile in the theater. You walked out of 8 Mile in the theater? Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Why? Like, at what point of the movie you're like, all right, I've had enough. Ah, it was only like 20 minutes in. And I was like, oh, I mean, granted, I worked at the movie theater at the time. And, like, I just went in for free. So it's not like I, like, lost money. <laughs> okay. All right. But I was like, yeah, there's probably better things I could be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did watch it later on in life, you know, when I was wiser. And I, and I, I didn't not enjoy it. It wasn't a horrible movie. Um, 
and uh, I don't know if you've seen um, uh, what's it called, The King of Staten Island. Mm, no. Um, Is that uh, where he's acting on... in it? No, no. King of Staten Island is. Oh crap! I'm blanking on the dude's name from SNL. Um, he's currently in SNL, and I forget his name. Anyway, Justin Timberlake. No, Justin Timberlake. Um, it's something like Pete Pete Robinson or something like that. Pete Davidson. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a movie kind of about like his, like his upbringing in Staten Island, and I want to see it because I'm a Pete Davidson fan. But in my mind, I'm like, it's just going to be like another version of Eight Mile, <laughs> even though they have nothing to do with each other. Speaking of similarly themed TV shows, are you going to watch The Rock? What is The Rock? Have you not heard about that? I don't even know what, like, what, oh, let me find out what the show is called. It's supposed to, it looks like a sitcom, like a terribly done sitcom about the life of The Rock. Like Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. <laughs> Was it just like musicals and wrestling? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, drama, acting, and depression. Oh, there's a mouse running on my desk. Get it. Hold on. Bam, bam. This is... Okay, dude, they even blocked NBC on my damn computer. Hold on. Oh, this is called <laughs> Young Rock. So some oh, kid nice. plays like a kid rock. <laughs> Not the artist. Uh, like a Like a young The Rock. Before he's called The Rock. And it looks like, aside from Two and a Half Men, probably the worst piece of garbage on TV ever. I don't know. Did you ever watch uh, any episodes of The Ranch? <laughs> I made it about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made it longer in Eight Mile than I did in The Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> But that might be the number one piece of garbage ever to be put on a television. <laughs> Have you ever watched an episode of Two and a Half Men? Uh, yes. I mean, I've watched part of a episode. What's worse, Two and a Half Men or Big Bang Theory? Yeah, they're they're equally as bad, I would say. <laughs> I mean, unless that's your thing. Then what do you I would mean? Seriously, question your you know, like if you just like really crappy comedy that's not actually comedy. Yeah, like if you're just trying to forget the pain of the world and you're rocking manically in your chair. Ha ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha ha! Just looking for any excuse to giggle and forget, then yeah, I mean, that makes sense if you have zero sense of humor. Yeah, if there's any of you out there, you might have been the one to show me this, Manny, but if there's any of you out there who do, who does like a show like, uh, what's that, Big Bang Theory, or any of those sitcoms like that, um, interesting video to go watch is on YouTube. You can type in Big Bang Theory without laugh track. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Oh, you've got it? I've got all the sitcoms with no laugh tracks. I've got Big Bang Theory, Friends, which I'm sure is terrible. Uh, is it the one where they play uh, like they play a little uh, scene with the laugh track? And then they play it without the laugh track? I don't know. I have all these clips from different sitcoms. I have The Fresh Prince. I have iCarly. The Office, that 70s show. Um, here, let's try this one. Is it Big Bang Serious? Theory? Serious Big Bang Theory 2, no laugh track. Let's see. How great is it that we get to talk Oh, ads. Hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is this the first ad we've ever had in our episodes? 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That's good. Okay, ready? Package, are you thinking? Mm, this one comes with music and flowers. Oh, they even stream the whole thing live on the internet. Why do we want that? Because there's a lot of gorgeous blondes out there who don't believe they can land a short, nearsighted scientist. Let's give them hope. Whatever put us on the internet. <laughs> always wanted a wedding with a comment section. If you're not into this, we can do it another time. No. No, I want to. Look, we've put this off long enough. Let's do it. It's well, exactly what you said the first time we slept together. It's, oh. it's important to note that that those hey, are not... Leonard, have you gotten married yet? <laughs> no, why? What? <laughs> I was just going to say, it's important to note that those are not like separate clips of the show. That's just the, <laughs> that's just the empty that's... space. That's where how the it's written. Track typically is. That's how writers envision. If I was a funny person, what would life be like? <laughs> What's funny though is if you watch the videos that have with the laugh track and then without, because they play the exact same scene, and you find yourself, you know, chuckling a little bit along with the laugh track. <laughs> um, but then as soon as they take it out, you're like, oh my gosh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so it makes you realize just how you can you can easily be uh, suggested, coerced. Manipulated into laughing. Yeah, man, dude. <laughs> I feel like that's been dude. the last like thirty years of our friendship. Previous. Do you want to hear more? <laughs> yes. Okay. Hold on. Um, talk nonsense, by the way, isn't in this segment, but we can keep we can keep talking nonsense. <laughs> dude, let's just hear like a couple more. <laughs> All right, do it. All right. Few things don't go your way, and your best decision is to ride the rails like a hobo? Leonard, I am overwhelmed. Everything is changing, and it's simply too much. I need to get away and think. Sheldon. Yes. I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> it's just silence. Awkward silence. <laughs> It's actually funnier without the laugh track. Excuse me. He's standing. In oh, the no, you're understandably terrified. I do. You know, allow me to explain. I know, Forty-five days ago, um, I embarked on a railroad journey of healing because of what my university was making me do string theory. Uh, my favorite comic book store burned down, and it, when my roommate got engaged, my girlfriend wanted to move in with me. Call the police. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Leonard. Uh, I'm in Kingman, Arizona, and uh, I need you to come pick me up. I'd love to. I'm just about to do yoga with Penny. Leonard, I'm at the police station. I was robbed. But they took my phone, and my wallet, my iPad, everything. Oh, my God. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I'm wearing borrowed pants. I don't have ID. No. Yeah, and one of the no. officers By the way, there's laughing me chicken in legs. This is uh, horrible. I'll, I'll come get you. What's the address? Hey, what's going on? Uh, he got all his stuff stolen. Oh, Almost done. Almost done. Okay. Hurry. Sheldon, hang tight. Hey, do you want me to bring you anything? Uh, yes, please. A pair of pants. Yeah, and my mail. As soon as I can. Oh, is he God. Okay? Yeah, he's fine. He's just a little rattled. Oh, my gosh. Do you oh, think that there's terrible. actors and actresses that seek out this kind of job for their career? Like, they're like, you, oh, that's you, what I want to do. Do you know how much they get paid to sell out to that degree? It can't be that much. 
Are you kidding? I almost just said the F word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 20, 20 well, minutes in. 20 minutes in. Make a note just in case it accidentally slipped out. <laughs> salary of sitcom actors. Oh, well, I don't know goodness. who any of these people are. Well, yeah. But it looks... <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, let's pick a, a middle range. Big Bang Theory, okay? I don't know any of these people. Jim Parsons, the one who plays the real annoying guy, makes Which $1 one? million dollars <laughs> per episode. No. Yes. No. Yep, they all make $1 million per episode on The Big Bang Theory. Dude, that's disgusting. And also, I Ash- get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who's at the top. Oh, The Morning Show. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I don't even know of The Morning Show. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyway... A little off topic, I guess. How's your cigar? Dude, it's good. It's real good. Mine too. Um, yeah. It's settled down. It's not as strong as it was before. I'm about a, I don't know, three quarters of an inch in. So I'm kind of, you know, taking my time on it. I figure yours is a little larger than mine. Cigar, that is. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'm just going to take my time on it so we can still finish at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, what yeah, if I as finish? I, as soon as I <laughs> said I, that, I was like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> what if I finish before you? <laughs> I literally was like, "There's no way, man. He's not going to giggle to that one." Oh, <laughs> <coughs> so dumb. But yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, I'm also pairing it with a uh, new beer that my wife found. Oh. Um. Yeah. Called. Uh, it's called. The the Steel Brewing Company, and this is a Steel Reserve. I've never heard of this beer or brand before. Uh, but Steel she found Reserve, it at Walmart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's don't they come in like forties? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, these are just a regular sixteen ounces. Is what this is. It's not a malt liquor. No, it's a lager. And if I could compare it to something, I would compare it to like a premium Budweiser. It's delicious. Nice. Yeah, I do. I do think they. I think I've gotten forties of that. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about getting some cognac, you know, just to keep in sync with the whole shady theme here. I don't know if you've ever seen that that music video. Um, nope. What's it called? Monster, I think, or Godzilla. That's what it is. Godzilla. <laughs> okay. Where he's just chugging cognac the whole video. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't feel like sipping on cognac because, you know, it's just not my thing. Okay. Yeah, man. How's your cigar doing? Um. All right, so... If I was dividing it into thirds, which is dumb, but I, I guess I will. Uh, I've just about finished the first third, and it's awesome. It's honestly, it's it's not very uh, strong. Probably like a medium-bodied cigar. Uh, yeah. And incredibly smooth. 
Nice. It's 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 amazing. It's it's not that's the funny thing. Like it's smooth, and so it's not it's not like spicy or burning my palate or anything. Um, but it's also like like not it's not a weak cigar by any means. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. As far well, as flavors, good... yeah. let me try and pick out some flavors. Let me let me retro this this bad boy. Oh yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say toasted nuts and plums, and wow. you know what? A little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, molasses there. Look at you! Looks like your palate is refining. Yeah, good thing. I was afraid Be- I'd becoming, lose my taste. Re- becoming refined, refining. What would be the uh, proper way to say that? I think reconfiguring. Oh, yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, this cigar is definitely a... It's definitely a medium to full body, but it's a very smooth cigar. One thing I'm loving about it is when you look at it, it's such a very dark, dark, oily-looking wrapper. But uh, just like we've talked about with, like, the Ligas, is you can just see your saliva and the oil is just beating up, which just looks delicious. It literally makes my mouth water just looking at the cigar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is good. I don't know, and I, I mean, to be fair... I don't often pair a beer with a cigar, but uh, but I don't know that a beer is the best pairing for this. <laughs> really? Uh-oh, that's twice you've regretted your pairing with the cigar. What was the last time? Uh, or other time? Was it a Coke that you had? A Coca-Cola? I uh, think maybe it was rum and Coke? I don't know. I can't. You think my memory is gonna like recall that? No, I just thought it'd be fun to let you try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So hey, you mentioned that you have a review for the cigar or your cigar, not the cigar. You know I do. You know I came to this episode prepared. <laughs> yep. So, so is that a yes? <laughs> yeah, I have one, of course. So I have one. Uh, I'm going to blow up the spot. Oh. William Cooper, or if you sleep with him, Bill Cooper. Which uh, I know. I'll call him so, William. <laughs> I call him Doctor. So, all right, let me. S- I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that. Uh, here's a little information. This is from his review, so this isn't from the Drew Estate website. Hopefully he's correct. Uh, And that's all it says. Wow. It says, in 2017, Drew Estate launched the Undercrown Sun Grown. That was a wet one. The Undercrown Sun Grown is the third blend under Drew Estate's Undercrown brand. This cigar joins the other two offerings under the Undercrown brand, the Undercrown Maduro, and the Undercrown Mm -hmm. Shade. Last year we looked at the Undercrown Sungrown in the Corona size. Today we take a look at the Undercrown Sungrown in a 6x52 Grand Toro size. Oh, see, he switched up the sizes too to smoke it again. Mm-hmm. That's what you were doing. <sighs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Perhaps more interesting that Undercrown is offering a Sungrown wrapper blend that is Undercrown. Sungrown is the... <laughs> this is... Okay. 
Uh, first regular production traditional hand-rolled cigar by Drew Estate line to feature a Sumatra wrapper. The remainder of the blend uses Drew Estate's signature stock-cut stock cut sun-grown Habano for the binder and all-Nicaraguan filler. Like the Undercrown Shade, this was a cigar blended by Drew Estate master blender Willie Herrera. By the way, I the think Undercrown... the second one to do the sun-grown binder. <clears throat> Sumatran? Yeah. What was the first I think one? the Florida Sun Grown has that. Well, look who knows more than William. Bill, I thought you uh, were calling him. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. The Undercrown Sun Grown Toro delivered a mix of chocolate, black pepper, cherry cream, and wood notes. The chocolate notes were a notable difference from when I smoked the Corona size last year. Well, because he remembers. It provided additional sweetness and richness that worked in favor for the flavor profile of this cigar. The cherry cream notes were more reminiscent of when I smoked the Corona size. Early on, the chocolate and cherry cream notes chocolate and cherry cream notes were in the forefront. By the second third, the cherry cream settled into the what, background. What's cherry cream? I don't know. What's chocolate? That would go cream? well with a vanilla cherry vanilla coke. Sounds like a remarkably sweet cigar. Mm. Um, I think it's funny those are the only two things he picks out but let me read on by the second third uh, blah, 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 uh, as the cigar experience progressed there was an increase in the wood and black pepper notes by the second half there were some earthy notes with the chocolate in the forefront by this, by this point the pepper was a close secondary note with the wood and cherry notes also delivering flavor from the background. It's really three-dimensional, the way he describes that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I found the Gran Toro to be a bolder cigar than the Corona. The underground Gran Toro started out as a medium to full strength and full-bodied smoke. <laughs> no, it didn't. There was a slight increase in the intensity of both attributes along the way, but by the end of the smoke, the Gran Toro was still medium to full strength and full-bodied. No, it's not. I found this was a cigar where the body had the edge over the strength throughout the throughout the smoking experience. Final thoughts? Mm. When it comes to cigars, there is a perception out there that smaller ring gauge means a better cigar. Oh, size does matter. <laughs> <laughs> He's a girth queen. That is not always the case. Oh, and with the uh, with the Undercrown Sungrown Gran Toro, this is a case where the thicker ring gauge worked better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> While the Corona was still a very good cigar, I found the Gran Toro Undercrown Sungrown delivered a richer, more robust, and bolder smoke. The Undercrown Gran Toro... Oh, I'm bored already reading this. I feel like I'm reading a kid's book for bedtime. I'm going to skip that. Ugh, Boring. God. It wasn't even that long. I wish I hadn't read it. Well, that was it? <laughs> that was it. I mean, he wow. gives like a summary of the key flavors. Chocolate, cherry cream, wood, black pepper, and earth. Hmm. That earth. I love that earth I, taste. I love cherry cream. Yeah, I don't think I've ever tasted... Ah, that's not true. I've had a couple flavored... Or infused cigars that I might have tasted cherry cream. What is cherry cream? Um, I, I mean, I can only imagine that would be like a cherry vanilla flavor. All right. 
Well, there you go. There's there's this person's review on my cigar. Your uh, congratulations. You're welcome. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Manny. Well, I do have a little review on this here Shady XX. Let's hear it. Who did it? Um, this is from Stogie Press. Um, back October, I think he means back in October, 2019, <laughs> Drew Estate launched the national release of the Undercrown Shady XX to Drew Diplomat Retailers. This limited edition cigar was created in partnership with Shady Records president Paul Rosenberg to celebrate their 20th anniversary. Um, the first release to only... Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll add some uh, words here to make this grammatically correct. They first released the cigar <laughs> to only 10 Detroit area retailers in 2014, which would not be the 20-year, by the way. The Undercrown Shader remains one of the most consumer-demanded limited editions in the Drew Estate portfolio. Um, I never even heard of this cigar until I randomly saw it in the smoke shop, so I don't know if that's necessarily true. And how long ago did you buy it? Two weeks ago. Okay. Yep. Uh, never seen it before. Um, all right. He talks about the packaging. No one cares about that. He talks about the pre-light experience. All right. Let's skip that. Talks about the band, the footer. The first thing I notice after the presentation is the naturally sweet tobacco of aroma coming off the foot. Tobacco of aroma coming off the foot. The barrel, oh. though, does not have much of an aroma. Is the barrel just like the cigar itself? I've never uh, heard that. The barrel of the cigar. I hmm. guess. Using my double blade X car cutter, I sliced the cap and slightly angled the proceeded in a slight angle and proceeded to get. Oh my gosh, this guy. Um, I'm just going to skip. Thanks. <laughs> I felt it had a decent res restriction and offered pungent and peppery notes as I drew it in. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible writer. <laughs> My double flame torch provided enough heat to warm the foot to an even orange glow as I drew in the first puffs of smoke that instantly intrigued the palate with notes of cocoa and earth along oh, with a light yeah. pepper on the retrohale. Oh, With a fine that. start to the journey, follow along as I burn the Shady XX to ash for you. In club sauce. <laughs> Cocoa and earth notes start the journey. A light pepper note appear on the retrohale. Medium gray ash forms on a mildly jagged line. Citrus <laughs> enters, a short, enters shortly after to brighten the profile. I have not tasted citrus yet. <laughs> um, slight off-burn develops that require a light touch-up. Richer earth notes move front. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of smoke production, even when not puffing on it. Hmm, not saying huh? that. <laughs> oh. Ash fell, revealing a decent burn cone. Maple syrup aroma wafts off the foot. Citrus notes get sweeter. Finishes with dark chocolate notes. And pleasant nut aroma, medium to full strength, total smoking, one hour and 40 minutes. An hour and 40 minutes? I don't, I don't know what he was doing. Yo, this seems like every cigar we look up, the burn time that they list on these is, like, outrageous. 
Yeah, it's because they're sitting there like, writing these novels. <laughs> like, I'm not the fastest cigar smoker in the world. In fact, like, I feel like I'm kind of slow compared to most. And I'm already nearing the last third of my cigar. That's funny, because I was just going to say that I think you're kind of slow compared to most. <laughs> so I'm honest, you know, yep. also. <laughs> um, he rated the cigar a 90. Out of how many? <laughs> I'm assuming 100. Point deduction. Minus one. Minus one. Burn. No one defines their scale. (laughs) Minus one. Off burn. Minus one. Touch up required. Minus one. Medium gray ash. (laughs) Took away points. (laughs) Wait, wait. So if his math is correct, one, two, three, four. That means his scoring is to a (laughs) ninety-four. Sorry, Stogie oh, Press, but you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that that that's the review on this bad boy. Man, I know. Okay, so this is a little off topic, but relevant to cigars because we're talking about cigars, and one of my favorite cigar personalities, of course, is you know Rocky Patel. Exactly. <laughs> um. One of our favorite quotes is when he was asked, do you smoke cigars? And he says, I like a good cigar after a steak dinner. So, (laughs) dude, I got to tell you, there's something to be said for a cigar after an amazingly good steak dinner. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think that's a stupid thing to say as an owner and president of a cigar company. Unless he also sells steaks. <laughs> yeah, unless he, right re- his alley. unless he owns a restaurant. <laughs> That'd be right up his uh, alley to plug a steak business he owns. <laughs> but also, why would you say, like, oh, I, I suppose I like one after a steak dinner? Like, what, what, you're talking, like, you have this audience of people that buys boxes and boxes of your crappy cigars. And, <laughs> like... You can't just be like, oh, I love my cigars. I smoke them all the time. Like, yeah, once in a while after a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, dude, I would encourage anyone out there who's, A, I would say an American. But whoa, even whoa. not necessarily. We're not but getting B, political. <laughs> but, but B, and you know what I mean by American. Not, not you folks. Not the other side. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> but, uh. Dude, those umai bags for dry aging your own dry aged steaks at home. Yeah. Dude, I did a 40A dry age ribeye. I mean, one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Mm. And I did the whole thing where I sous vide it and then seared it. And afterwards, mm. I had uh, what cigar did I have? What did I smoke the other day that I sent you a picture of? Um, I don't know. Oh, oh, uh, what I was, was, oh, oh, I the, think it was the, the underground Maduro. <laughs> no, it was the Drac, the oh, skinny yeah. monster. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. So I just wanted to say, mm-hmm. first of all, everyone should dry age their own beef at home in their own refrigerator and just tell their significant other, if you even can, can handle one, this is my space in the fridge. Don't touch it. Wait, if you can handle a significant other? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I didn't know if you meant significant other. If you could handle the fridge. 
<laughs> I, I suppose you'd need to be able to do both. Well, I true, won't. true. But you do need a vacuum sealer for the Umai bags. Mm. But they let moisture out and then don't let any bacteria form on the meat so you can dry age safely in your fridge at home, and it's just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um, I did have one of those dry age steaks that you made, and yes, it was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a 34-day, not a 40-day, and honestly, there oh. is a little bit of a difference. I was going to say something, but I didn't want to offend you. You're like, is this a 34-day? Has this only been in the bag for 34 days? Spit it out. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Is Yuck. this not? Is this not at least forty-five day dry age prime? <laughs> Pardon you. <laughs> uh, dude, this cigar is good. Yep. See, he, see, exactly. Like one... It's. I was gonna say the cigar is so good. I'm just daydreaming about like recipes and food, enjoying my wine. This is delicious. Yeah, I did not have a steak tonight, but I did have. Um, beef stew so you know kind of like the red-headed stepchild of a good steak <laughs> sorry if any of you out there are the red-headed stepchildren sorry too yeah i mean not just because of that comment <laughs> but just because of who you are <laughs> but uh i do feel like that this is a little more once again i don't really know the difference between this and the regular maduro uh, besides mm-hmm. the fact that it tastes different to me like, it definitely seems a little smoother. I'm about at the halfway mark right now. Yeah. Um, which would be, uh, I mean, it would be four and a half. I'm at the four and a half mark. Mm-hmm. If I'm still breaking it into ninths. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but, dude, it's delicious. It's smooth. It's, I mean, it stayed smooth the whole time. No burn issues like good old Stogie Press. Mmm. Oh, yeah. And that's creamy on the retro. Very and that creamy was from, on the retro. That was from Old Virginia Tobacco Company? Yes, sir. So, listen, you got to give them props for keeping that baby at the proper humidity and storing it well for you. Because if you only got it two weeks ago and your humidor has been at, like, 30% humidity for the past two weeks, I mean, they really, they, they did you right. They've been taking care of their stock. <laughs> for those so of you who don't 32%. know. 32%. For those of you who right. don't know, Chase doesn't take care of his humidor at home, and he has a stash of, like, $8 million worth of cigars that he's just letting <laughs> go to waste. Just letting, just dry rot. Just full of tobacco beetles now. <laughs> um, I don't think the humidity being down promotes tobacco beetle growth. All right. Should we get into that as a topic? Is that what you wanted to do? Tobacco beetles or humidity? <laughs> Neither, actually. <laughs> So, I mean, I did assume, Manny, and I, I mean, you know what they say about assuming. Does it make yep. someone feel like a fool when they're not uh, in line? So sure that's does. What they say. That's right. But, uh, but I had assumed that you would have some news for us. Do you have some news for us? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So, really, it's pretty much one story had me laughing for like a good hour. And it's from our home, my hometown, your former hometown, right here in Rochester, New York. Um, so this was only, uh, five days ago and, you know, I just want to apologize up front. Um, if there's any, if there's any listeners who are, you know, sensitive to 
themes of violence or tragedy or animal cruelty or abuse. Um, sorry. So this is, uh, let's see, February 4th, 2021. Rescue on Ice. Duo <laughs> recounts saving deer stuck on Genesee River. Rochester, New York. It was a story that received a lot of attention Wednesday. A deer stuck along the frozen Genesee River. Wednesday night, two men who'd never met before worked together to help get it to safety. That day, people spotted the deer trapped along the frozen river. The ice, however, is thin, and first responders said attempting to rescue the deer could endanger human lives. The story gained traction on social media. John Zona and Tim Siegler were each paying attention to it, not knowing that it would bring them together in a way neither expected. The story has a great ending. It started with a Facebook comment from Zona asking if anyone was willing to help rescue the deer. No one was doing anything. Something had to be done, said Zona. I was more worried about, of course, you're worried about the deer, but the people walking by, if the deer fell in and couldn't get out, people are going to watch it struggle, maybe die. Let's try to get it out of there. A gentleman by the name of John said, Hey, does anybody want to meet me down here to try and get this deer out? Siegler recalled. (laughs) So I just jumped into action and met John down there. I just grabbed my outdoor backpack and put it on and came down, said Siegler. We were prepared wait, 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 to pretty wait, wait. much. Why, why, why did he? Why did he need his outdoor backpack? <laughs> I don't know. And does that mean he also has an indoor backpack? <laughs> Unless it's full of like climbing gear and flotation devices. Like why? Why would you bring a backpack? I grab my go bag. I don't know. Does it have a phone in it so you can call the DEC? <laughs> Idiots. They no, just found each other his, on he Facebook. Only has an indoor phone. Hey, let's pretend to be heroes for today. We got nothing oh. to do with COVID. All right, uh, we were prepared to pretty much do anything to help save that deer," <laughs> says Siegler. Ew. <laughs> with a little help from local DJ Dino K, who was able to see the deer, they were able to pinpoint the animal's location. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hold on, the deer. De- de- I can't even. <laughs> DJ Dino K was able to help them pinpoint the deer. I see you know there, guys. To... Hold on, I need a sip of wine here. <laughs> K was able to see the deer and was telling us where the deer was at the time, corresponding through the phone, said Ziegler. So we were able to know exactly where it was. We got a ladder, recounted Zona, and I scaled the upper wall to the second level. And of course, we didn't scale into the river. I just followed this wall all the way down the river, just making some noises. The... Professional deer color here. <laughs> <laughs> the deer the deer was far enough away. He wasn't running. When there was open water, he went in and swam, came back out, pushed him all the way to where we think the exit was. He never ran. He took his time, he added. Zona may not have been dressed for Rochester's weather, but that didn't bother him too much. From there, you know, he, he says, backpack, from, so. <laughs> he had his outdoor backpack, though. From there, he says, oh my goodness. He says, from there, once you're here, it's adrenaline, he said. There's no more cold. It was just get the job done. 
<laughs> the men say they eventually lost sight of the deer behind the parking garage at Water Street. Zona and Siegler say they knew if they didn't do something, the animal would definitely not have survived. The deer had a second chance, thanks to some strangers who say they just wanted to do the right thing. It's great to know that there's other people out there like John that are very compassionate and someone's willing to save an animal's life, said Siegler. There's a follow-up story. Late on Thursday. It's important to note, though. Wait, wait, before you get into that story, that follow-up story, I I think it's important to note that this deer was now running on the ice along the river and swimming in the water. I don't know that his life was in jeopardy at that point. <laughs> like, oh, there's definitely knew. more in jeopardy when these two morons were chasing it. <laughs> they were making noises with their outdoor backpack, running on adrenaline. They knew. They met on Facebook. <laughs> the job had to get done. <laughs> no, anyways. Hold on. Okay. Uh, uh, an article published the following day says, A deer that on Wednesday became trapped on ice covering the Genesee River in downtown location uh, in Rochester has been euthanized. Late on Thursday, <laughs> late on Thursday, the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation released a statement. DEC joined City of Rochester Police and Fire Department tonight in response to reports of a deer on the Genesee River just before the waterfalls, which, by the way, is a terrifying place to be hanging out. Um, a joint determination was made during the initial deer sighting yesterday and tonight that there was no safe way to reach the deer because it was on unstable ice over moving water. Earlier this evening, due to an increased threat to public safety, DEC and local officials decided to humanely euthanize the animal following appropriate protocols. Prior to the DEC releasing a statement, reports on social media described someone trying to enter the river to save the wayward animal. Police later said no one entered the water, but one person intended to do so. On Wednesday, Lieutenant Ryan Fleming of the Rochester Fire Department said the agency gets two or three calls each winter about animals stuck on the ice. The department responded with multiple units, including a rescue unit, to reports of the deer getting into partially frozen water across from the first Federal Plaza building. Over a period of hours, the animal was seen lying down and pacing alongside one of the 20-foot-high concrete river walls. Unfortunately, firefighters were unable to do anything to free the deer, which became the subject of urgent pleas on social media for someone to please help the animal, including one posted on Instagram by radio show host Dino K. said, uh, quote, my wife is sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) I would add, but not because of the deer. (laughs) She's married to a radio host. He said DEC staff... So listen. So he said DEC staff called to the scene, determined the deer was not viable, meaning the deer was older. If it stayed out there, it would most likely freeze. But if we tried to rescue it, the stress would kill it almost certainly. The DEC also determined there was no safe way for first responders to reach the deer because it was on unstable ice covering running water. Once the DEC gave us that advice. Oh, says Fleming. We kind of terminated our involvement. It was a no-win situation. The poor deer. <laughs> <laughs> Poor deer. By Thursday morning, the deer was no longer in the area where it had been seen, but at that time, neither Fleming nor the DEC would say what had happened to the animal. John Zona, the guy from the previous article, who grew up in Irondequoit and was visiting Rochester from Pompano Beach, Florida, told the Democrat and Chronicle Thursday afternoon that on Wednesday night, he and another man he connected with on Facebook went to the scene next to the former Rochester Riverside Hotel and were able to verbally encourage the deer to move north <laughs> along the river wall towards dry land. some positive reinforcement, that's all. 
Go north, dear, to dry land. <laughs> Listen to this. Zona, who showed up there with a flashlight and equipment after seeing Kay's Instagram post, initially believed that the deer was able to exit the river somewhere in the vicinity of Water Street. Although, quote, I can't guarantee it, he said. <laughs> but on Thursday <laughs> evening, there were reports that the deer was on river ice again, that at least one person tried to go into the water to save it, and that Rochester police officers and firefighters and the DEC had returned to the scene, after which the decision was made to put the animal down. Wow. Amazing. So let me get this straight. Yeah. There's just a deer. Now, once again, I am not at all an animal activist. I don't give a crap what happens to that deer. Most likely, whoever put it down is cooking a nice tenderloin right now. Uh, nah, I don't think so. No? No. Probably had, an, animal, an animal that's been stressed and chased around with these idiots yelling at it all night, stuck on the ice... And people trying Dude. to swim after it when it's all scared, that's going to no, be man. all tough and gamey. No, wrap that tenderloin up in bacon. You're good. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but so anyways, this deer hanging out on the ice, just being a normal wild deer. <laughs> <laughs> and these morons decide that it's their job to save the deer, which in return ends up causing public officials to decide that because of the danger they put themselves in to save the deer, they had to then kill the deer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so because of so their rescue attempts... solely responsible for the actual death of this deer. <laughs> <laughs> not only were they not at all capable of rescuing a 150-pound animal from icy flowing river water by themselves without any training or equipment... Um, they also, yes, caused the police to then act and say, you know what, because of public safety and people trying to enter the water, now we're going to have to kill this thing. And they probably stressed it out beyond what it would have been if it was just left alone. <laughs> I know. That's what it might have even stood a chance. to wander away. Exactly. I mean, I honestly, I mean, it's a, it's a nasty spot there. There are a lot of tall walls and it's hard to get out. But, I mean, I don't know. It's not going to survive if you just chase it around and it's panicked. Yeah. Well... <laughs> There's some special vegans out there, you know. So, 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 so that's my only news story, but but that's a good one. I, I that might be the best one. <laughs> I can't believe just this happened the other day, and I just started reading this. I was like, what? What the hell's wrong with people? <laughs> oh, I think I it's like hilarious. It's the same kind of person. I think I told you the story of a video that I had seen of a guy catching a fish. And, uh, you know, he had just had, like, a camera mounted onto his head. And he went to land the fish on a public dock. And there was this guy standing there with his kid. And uh, I don't know what kind of fish it was. It was, you know, not the best quality video. But he lands this fish on the dock. And he's about to walk over to, you know, get the hook out of its mouth. And most likely release it because it was a small fish. Um, but this guy who was there with his daughter just picks the fish up, rips the hook out of its mouth, and chucks it back in the water. <laughs> And his response to the angler was, it was too small to keep anyway. What were we going to do, just torture it? So to save the fish, he ripped the hook out. Yeah, because the guy was even like, that's not even, it's not even how you take a hook out of a fish's mouth. Like, what are you doing? That's, that's an unstable person. That's the sign of a very unstable person. Oh, yes. Who feels like that they have a job that needs to be done. Oh, did you hear that? I did. What was that? Your uh... my skunky Corona. Oh, 
Do you uh, do you like hey. the skunky flavor of Corona? What? Um, in the summer, I do. No other time do I like Corona though. But in the summer, on a nice hot day. But do you like that skunk flavor when it's been sitting in the sun? Uh, I don't mind it as long as there's a lime in there. Mm. Oh, that's good. I left that in the window for like two weeks. Oh yeah, get it all skunky. Mm-hmm. Um, completely off topic, but you know, since we're probably nearing the end of our episode here, yeah, um, this is done. this is not news, but it is a fun fact that I found out. Um, my kids slash my family, my immediate family here at our house, um, has gotten into a show called Doctor Pole. <laughs> And it's about a vet that's out in rural Michigan um, who just does work on large and small animals. Uh, anyways, it's an entertaining show. I think it's on, like, Disney Plus, maybe. But uh, but the boys really got into it. They really enjoy watching it. Logan always talks about he wants to be a vet someday. But uh, we're watching an episode tonight, and it turns out, I don't know if you knew this, but that cats have an anal gland that secretes the same exact odor and, like, juices, or whatever you want to call them, as a skunk. <laughs> what? Yep. This dude came in, and he had a cat, and he was like, yeah, my cat, like, stinks all the time. Like, he's, he, like, stinks, and he's got this, like, liquid that comes out of his butt, and it smells like a skunk, and my whole house smells like a skunk. And the vet was just like, yep, yeah. I mean, that's, that, you know, it's not, it's not completely, it's not, like, common, that, you know, you'd smell that smell, but yep, they do have some type of liquid that's used for spraying and marking territory that has the same odor as a skunk. Oh, that's nasty. Listen to Spe- this. Speaking of your skunk cat, beer. Your cat has two anal sacs in their bottom. They could just say ass like a normal person. Yeah, at that point, you already said anal. <laughs> <laughs> Why what, draw the line there? now? <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden... <laughs> Do anal, but nothing else. What are you, Catholic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar to a skunk's scent glands, they help mark their territory. They produce a dark, smelly liquid. That liquid is usually squeezed out when they poop. Your cat doesn't actually need these sacs, but it's best to leave them alone as long as they are healthy. Sometimes problems develop, though, and need treatment. Um, <laughs> I like how I know they dogs specify... have anal glands. When, when we had uh, Rumpus, our bulldog... Um, he used to rub his butt on the carpet and then we'd have to, oh. I would never do it. We'd have to take him to the vet and they would stick a finger in there in his ass and then pinch oh. the glands and then squirt that nasty brown fish oil out. Yeah, that's what this doctor what did. Like. This vet. Ugh. Yep. No, thank you. <laughs> nope. I'm good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's my contribution to news slash, uh, you know, things you didn't know. Thanks, man. Yep. How's your cigar? That's right. It is delicious. I am, I, I gotta give it a little, little bit of a relight, um, but it's good, man. I've got like two inches left. So I'm gonna put this at roughly an hour and five minutes, not an hour and 40. Where would you put the strength? I mean, it's, it stayed pretty smooth, but medium to full. Okay. Actually, relighting it, I can actually taste that citrus. Oh, mm. any specific kind of citrus? Hmm. Hold on. Hold on. I can feel it. 
Caught in the end. Like a Florida orange. I have no. I don't know what kind of citrus it is for crying out loud. It's just like a sweet, like acidic flavor. All right, relax. Don't tell me to relax. Calm down now. Oh, dude, that's so good. That's a good cigar. This one was phenomenal. This, I mean, honestly, the flavor didn't change that much, which isn't a bad thing. I don't know why people complain about that with cigars, but it was just delicious and smooth the whole way through. This is awesome. I'm <sighs> still smoking it. I can see my breath now in the barn. It's starting to get cold out here. Yeah, same thing in here, man. But I'm still smoking. I had to take the band off, otherwise I'd be burning it right now. And yep. uh, down to a nice little uh, little nubbin here. Mm. So Dude, this is gonna smell so good in here in the morning. You said a little bit about the. Uh, oh, I will say this does not have nearly. Dude, that Fratello aroma was delicious. This doesn't have nearly the aroma of like that cigar. Yeah. Um, you were you were saying a little bit about the differences from what you can recall of the one you're smoking, the Shady XXL, and the regular Maduro. Is there anything more you'd like to add to that, sir? Uh, I do feel like the regular Maduro gets a little bit of that sulfury taste, like halfway through. Yeah. That I did not pick up on this. Um, but uh, you know, you know what? This this is this is worth. This is worth our while. I'm going to see if it's the same blend. How do you... You're just going to Google it? Because your website well, isn't... Uh, or your, your internet browser isn't restricted? Um, no. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I'm typing. I'm typing while, while listening. I don't do very well with those things together. Multitasking? Yep. Dude, it's going to be right. zero degrees Monday night. Oh, dude, forget that. Hell yeah. Let's go camping. You and me? Uh, no. It's weird. Um, I mean, it's got the same wrapper, same binder, same filler. I Is mean, it, it says Nicaraguan fillers. I've had a box press regular Maduro. Oh, dang it. Almost dropped my cigar. Hey, language. Oh, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> mm. Thank you. But it definitely tastes smoother. I would be interested to know what the actual difference is. And none of the things that I read, including on Drew Estate's website, did it say what makes it different than the regular Maduro. Besides, it's a special edition. All right. But, I mean, I do remember the regular Maduro. It's much more full body than this one is. Do you remember how much you paid for it? Uh, this is probably around nine bucks. Dude, that's great. Yeah. yeah I mean, honestly. Is, I mean, it, it was like the same price as just picking up one of the Maduros. I've had, you know, cigars nearing $15, $18 that are not as good as this one I'm smoking here. Yeah, baby. That's Drew Estate. Yeah, I know. Yep. Hey, we do still have a Rocky Patel left. <laughs> yes, we've got a few cigars that we could uh, smoke together that we have left. 
We've talked about it. I think we should smoke the one that you rolled. With a backup. Yes, with a backup plan, just in case. It has to be a delicious backup plan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to... What about... uh, Did you say you smoked that Punch Diablo? No, sir. Let's do that. Let's have yours, and we'll have the Punch Diablo. Nice. All right. (laughs) At our current rate of posting episodes, you'll hear that one in about two months. Yeah, well, we've got a lot going on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, Manny, this was great. Yeah, I honestly, I needed this cigar. I've been looking forward to just sitting down and talking about a cigar for yep. like two weeks now. Yep, I feel the same way. Cold or not. All right, man. Well, uh, you know, whatever. Bye. Don't be a stranger. Bye, and thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.